So I was determined to say, well, if I figure this out or when I figure this out, I am going to pay it forward to those who come behind me. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe is interviewing Michelle Lim. Michelle's PR company approached us about coming on the show. Given her latest business venture grew out of her own existing business, we knew she was a good fit. Michelle started her interior design firm the year she got married and she knew that she had to build it so that the business did not get in the way of being present at home with her new husband. She knew entrepreneurs who worked all around the clock and that wasn't the life she wanted to design. She had spent almost 20 years prior running multi-million dollar business operations in other industries and was confident in her abilities to run her own business. She says, boy was I wrong. She ended up overwhelmed and miserable and frankly, she seriously considered throwing in the towel on more than one occasion. But once she figured out that she needed system and repeatable processes in her design business, she started to see big changes immediately. Now she has a team and a seven-figure business that allows her to love what she does and to enjoy her life. What could be better? She's also the owner and founder of Design for the Creative Mind, where she teaches interior designers and decorators the proven practices, effective processes and profitable systems, leaving them with more time to design. Michelle adopted a newborn in 2018, loves Jesus but swears little and believes gratitude is the key ingredient to happiness. Back to the studio. Today I'm talking to Michelle Lynn of ML Interiors Group and Designed for the Creative Mind. So welcome, Michelle. Thanks for joining me. Uh, thank you, Joe. I am so honoured to be here. And it's probably worth saying that we're recording this at the end of March. Uh, so we're right in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic and all the sort of challenges that's sending, um, although this this will be uh, published quite a bit later. So I'm um, probably just worth saying that's where we are on time. Ugh. That's where we are in terms of what we're doing at the moment um, to sort of position. And I uh, hope, hope all is well over over there. But, um, you know, start by, by telling us who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, my name is Michelle Lynn. And I own an interior design firm in Dallas, Texas, here in the United States. And from that basis of owning an interior design firm, I have created a platform called Designed for the Creative Mind, which is actually teaching the creative interior designers around the country as well as around the world. I actually have a student in the UK, um, the business of running an interior design business because it is just so much more complicated and as you can imagine designers are artists and don't necessarily have the same business aptitude so the courses and the coaching has been a 
recent development that has just given me so much joy and has helped so many designers uh, find joy back in their business as well. Mm -hmm. Lovely. And you work from home? I do work from home. I actually just recently, I had a studio that was completely separate and uh, found that my team, we are all working remotely. So I did not renew the lease. Instead, I bought a bigger house. And so we're working out of the house uh, a couple days a week. And when we see clients, I host them here as well. Lovely. And uh, probably the bigger house is probably a a good bit of forethought in terms of the fact that you are working full-time in the house at the moment, aren't you, with the, uh, the lockdown sort of scenario? Oh, my goodness. It has, it has been a perfect timing. I mean, if there's ever perfect timing for a pandemic. But um, in regards to the size of the house, there's room for both my husband and I to get our work done. Um, my daughter has room to play. She's two years old. So we're just all keeping busy. And when we need to focus on work, we can stay out of each other's way. Yes, yeah. So I'm intrigued. Is your husband uh, child sitting this afternoon? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he he currently has. uh, Her her name is Genevieve Grace. She goes by Gigi. So he has what we call Gigi duty for for the time being. (laughs) I was listening at uh, dinner last night about when uh, Ellie, my daughter, when she was about two, she's 13 now. That I, I was on a, a podcast being interviewed about, uh, in fact, it was a webinar, so that I had the camera on, and uh, it was about working mums, and it was about seven o'clock at night, and um, she was supposed to be supervised by not only daddy, but granny and granddad in another house next door, which is granny and granddad's house, and somehow she escaped from all three of them, made her way <laughs> to the garden, and <laughs> upstairs to my office and burst in in the middle of the training, so... Uh, oh, she just wanted her mama yeah and the topic you know the challenges of working at home with young children so oh my goodness yes and this was definitely not um not accounted for so when her school closed and she came home with us full time it um we actually have a daily calendar so that my husband and I both know you know exactly when our diaper gets changed exactly when she's supposed to have her snack and so forth so that we can at least keep her and us on some sort of a routine yeah yeah we've introduced um lunches at, at one o'clock and uh, aperitif at six o'clock in advance of dinner so I can get cooking on it and uh, it's quite funny today I had a podcast out one because I booked it in before before the new regime for which I, I did send meeting requests to my husband and my daughter for their diaries <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was interesting to note that I did the podcast and heard nothing going on around uh, the house and then uh, found out that when when mum's not available the whole lunch plan goes out the window because they they waited for me Oh my goodness, that is so funny. If anything, they should have it ready for you when you're done. Well, that was what I was hoping, so I still made yes. my husband cook the omelet. That's right. There we go. Oh. interested to hear about how your new business has, has developed, uh, given that's uh, something, I guess, that you developed yourself, you know, how to run an interior uh, design company because that's that's what you did and how the sort of new business came out of that and that's sort of where where my business came from my power to live more calm website you know that you you learn things that work for you and then you know you want to teach other people so uh, tell tell us a bit first though about how the interior design uh, company came together because it's not what you did all the time is it You, you, you did I think you had a corporate role before if I remember rightly 
I did. I actually worked in two separate industries, both within more of a corporate environment. And um, I was working in a field where I was in management. And while I loved the company that I worked for at the time, I loved the people I worked with. I loved the individuals who worked for me. I did not, I loved the compensation. That was beautiful as well, (laughs) but I did not love the actual job. And so when that company sold, it was just an indication to me that this was not my lifelong calling. And so at that point, I literally just put it out there to God and to the universe and said, okay, well, what next? And I have always been very blessed with a good eye. My friends would always ask me to come over and help them with their house, to redecorate it, to do some renovation ideas and so forth. So I was just pulled in that direction. So over the course of a couple of years, I was able to step out of management while building my business. And note, Joe, this was in 2008. So not only did I get married that same year, we bought a house, but that was the, that was the market crash um, yeah. that the recession hit. And so it was kind of an interesting year. But I was able to step out of my corporate job about a year and a half, maybe almost two years later, and, and do design full time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just one of those scenarios where everything worked out. I was able to, to finagle, muddle my way through the whole process and continue to grow the business organically. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun. It was not easy, but it was. And you know, when you're in your heart, you just know you're aligned with your your calling. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly where I was. And how did you know what to do? Because it was quite a, a different thing for you to be doing, given where you'd come from. And obviously, the the design bit, I guess, was the easy bit. <laughs> yeah, that was the easy bit. And oh my gosh, um, a lot of trial and error. A lot of money spent on self-education, rapid growth. Mm -hmm. A lot of what I did was instinctual from the two previous industries that I had had, just the general business sense that I had brought because I had been in management literally since I graduated college. So I was able to look at a business from kind of the top down. And so I, I muddled my way through. I made a lot of mistakes. Let's, let's just make that clear that this was not, you know, peaches and cream. This was some really difficult uh, lessons to learn. But if anything, I'm very resilient. So I would just get up, dust myself off and try something again. And whatever worked, I would just keep repeating that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so what what happened in terms of moving into helping other people? Because it seems like a natural transition, but then on the other hand, it's not what most people do when they have a business. They don't move into a business teaching people to have the same business, do they? So how did that come about? It came about once I, um, so it, the, the, I've always been a natural trainer. Like I love nurturing people and, and sharing with them how to learn the, to be the best of themselves and to have the confidence and, and the knowledge and, in the interior design industry, nobody shares it. Like when I started my business, if I would reach out to another local or non-local, but seemingly friendly designer and ask questions, <laughs> it was just crickets. Like there was, there was very little response, if yeah. any. And so it was very secretive. So I was determined to say, well, if I figure this out or when I figure this out, 
I am going to pay it forward to those who come behind me because I was also noticing that the interior designers as a, as a whole, we're not taken seriously. This isn't just fluffing pillows and picking out paint colors. There are more moving parts in this business that, and it's harder than my two previous industries combined. Mm. And, and mind you, I ran a $6 million restaurant. And if you can imagine the volume that goes with that, there's a lot of moving parts. And that was, that was early, early, early in my career as a general manager. So this came about with that promise to myself, the frustration that I was feeling by other individuals, especially women, not helping other women. Yeah. So it was in the back of my head for about five years. And then Joe, the, the turning point really came. I adopted a baby um, and I adopted her at birth. I was actually in the room and had a chance to cut the cord and I adopted her here in the States but we had to leave, my husband and I had to leave our home for a month and spend the time before the birth, after the birth, the state regulations and things like that. And what I learned during those 30 days is that my company and through my team was able to run itself perfectly fine without me. I could still field phone calls. I could still log onto the internet, but I did not need to be present for the day-to-day -day operations because I had put systems and processes into place that would run the company on its own. Yeah. So that month in 2018, actually, it was not only the birth of my daughter, but it was the birth of my, of my platform to create courses and offer coaching to other interior designers who wanted that same level of peace, even if they didn't need to take the month of quote unquote freedom. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was a great turning point to be able to come back and say, okay, you guys have this handled. I have a newborn at home so I can start working on the curriculum in the inter, you know, in the, in the downtime. Yeah. yeah. Downtime. <laughs> downtime. Yeah. So it did take a little while to pull it together. <laughs> So what an absolute gift Gigi was then to your, your family, a, a, a new baby who brought with her a new business. <laughs> yes, yes. All of this right before I turned 50. So uh, talk about just a, a crazy time of life. Yes, yeah. So, okay, so we have the picture now. Then you have a business that's, that's still running that you're not needing to, to actually run per se. You have a new business um, and you have a two-year-old. And now you're all... <laughs> lockdown as yes. well <laughs> yes that, that about sums it up <laughs> what do your what do your days look like how do you how do you organize yourself knowing that you have you know three quite hefty responsibilities um to, to get through so let's say prior to this lovely um yes pandemic change of change of scenery my days were were quite routine and you might even call them boring uh, my days would start around five o'clock where I would get up. I would do my exercises, whether it would be yoga or some time on the elliptical or some weight training, nothing extensive, 20 to 30 minutes just to get the body limber. Yeah. I would have the chance to sit down and do my journaling and my meditation and prayers. And then I would have the chance to, you know, get, get the house up and start moving. And my husband and I are a fantastic tag team. He would take care of Gigi in the morning. So about the time she would wake up is about the time that I would start getting um, 
dressed and put my makeup on and so forth to start my professional day. At which point the days are always a little different, whether we would be seeing clients or whether I would be working from home and building out content or meeting with coaching clients or anything along that line. So it could be uh, one or both of the businesses over the course of the workday. Mm-hmm. And in the evening, I would be, it would be my turn for Gigi duty and I would pick her up from daycare. She has this beautiful pre-K a school that she was attending that just was a delight and took such great care in the curriculum that they were teaching even a, a two-year-old. But I get off track. I would pick her up. We would come home. My husband would, I would, I would plan the dinner. My husband makes it. We would feed her dinner, give her a bath. And she's usually in bed between 6.30 and 7 when my husband and I would be very intentional about spending some time together. So whether it was just conversating or maybe just taking a break in front of the television. Um, In some instances, if we had to work, we would plan that as well. But it was that, and that was just day in and day out. And Mm -hmm. it was was easy to manage. Um, And then it was easy if we needed to veer off of that to to plan ahead. Yeah. Because there were events in the evenings that he would have to attend or events in the evenings that I would need to attend or whatever the case may be. So, Kind of, kind of dull, but very, very enjoyable. Yes, yeah, and quite sort of structured in terms of routine. There, there was a routine to it. Yeah, I, mm. I think it's what kept it, it works for my husband and I. Um, when we get too far off track of a routine, um, our brains just do not operate as um, calmly as mm. when it's when it's defined. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, without wishing to dwell too much on our current situation, um, how have you adapted to it? Because I think it's really interesting. I mean, one of the things I've noticed, which I think I mentioned in the show that will be going out last week, is that uh, uh, my husband isn't used to working from home. So he is quite, he sort of seems to almost over-focus for too long. He's not used to having to force himself to get up for breaks and things. So I think when you're in a, an office environment, you naturally get interruptions and you naturally, um, you know, go and make a drink or whatever, because it, it just is the thing that you do. But when you're on your own at home, that doesn't always naturally happen. So, you know, it's certainly something I'm aware of that I need to keep sort of going up and poking him. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you still there? Are, are you awake? Are you awake, husband? <laughs> Oh, we have definitely juggled that. My husband is a natural extrovert. So being cooped up in the house for him has been a challenge. Um, He's been focusing a lot of time on the telephone and FaceTimes and so forth. Yeah. Um, Myself, I'm a natural introvert. So I could, I could stay at home for, for days at a time. Yeah. It's different when somebody tells you that you have to, but um, yeah, what we have found was we actually wrote down our, our daily routine as it centered around Gigi. Um, this, you know, she usually wakes up between seven and eight and then you give her a glass of milk and then 30 minutes later, she's ready for breakfast. And, you know, here's the snack and here's the time to check the diapers and here's about the time she sleeps. So having that as a bit of a checklist has been helpful for keeping us on a routine. And then thankfully, the last two days, the sun has come out here in Dallas because the first week and a half of our first it was self-imposed quarantine and now we're under shelter in place 
but it was rainy and it was cold and it was just so dismal to be stuck inside. So thankfully now we can go outside, we can run around, we can go for walks. We live on a creek so we can, you know, go down into the, the greenery and just really appreciate some of the nature. Mm -hmm. uh, so this has given us a, you know, we're trying to focus on the beauty of the time that we have on hand mm -hmm. and the beauty of our new neighborhood and the beauty of the sunshine and the springtime and the new leaves on the trees and all of the different colors of green. And it's a, uh, it's an effort, but we're really focusing on the good. Yes. Yeah. It's funny. And I saw a thing on Facebook the other day from our local amateur weatherman. He did, he posts a lot mm -hmm. about, you know, what's happening with the weather. And he was saying, you know, Oh, the irony of having, um, been in sort of virtual lockdown over the weather for the last sort of six months or whatever and then just as we can't actually go out <laughs> the sun's come out so it is making it more enjoyable when you have a garden but uh, you know the irony of the fact that uh, literally almost to the to the minute when everyone stopped going out um, unless obviously they're key workers or um, right the essentials yeah the um yeah the sun came out and it has been consistently out and I keep saying seeing the newspapers threatening snow and and yet we are far from that so yeah, interesting oh, it's yeah it's a bit ironic the area of nature I think so um so how so you you, you have quite a lot of routine you have a, a team of people who are sort of running the interiors group business well, yes the design side how do, you, do you continue to interact with them and do you have certain routines to that or are you very Absolutely. Much mm -hmm. Yes, we, um, so we have it set up where Mondays and Wednesdays are guaranteed work from home days. That's when everybody can get, that's when you can get the design time in. That's when I can yeah. get my administrative time in. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have set up for um, new clients as we need to. So whether it's a new client meet and greet, or if it's an appointment at their home, or if it's bringing them in for the design presentation. So we have that set up in, in two hour increments um, twice a day. And the entire team is in as needed if we don't need to have uh, three or four people in for that particular meeting, then my team has the uh, authority to either stay home and keep working or make another appointment where you have to, where you're going down and you're sourcing materials and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then on Fridays, we're all together. Um, we call it coffee talk and it's just a morning meeting when we're all in place and we're looking at the previous week, the upcoming weeks, we're reviewing all of the projects together. We work as a team. So we're also sharing design ideas and challenges and things along that line with each of the projects that are, mm -hmm. that are currently in process. Mm -hmm. So it has been predictable and nice. And what sort of tools are you using for that in terms of um, meeting when you're not together and um, keeping well, on top of what's happening? Thankfully for Zoom, um, mm -hmm. especially these days, we're having a lot of group chats, um, but we can still see each other face to face. Yeah. We're using Zoom with our clients um, currently, mm -hmm. but we've already had that set up because we had uh, previously done out of town projects. So we can do our projects virtually. So it's a, it's a, seemingly seamless transition to the current state of affairs should clients wish to move forward or start new projects 
but we also have some fantastic software that is a project management software specifically for interior design and that helps us all keep on track and we document everything and it is electronically saved in Dropbox and then we use Google calendars that are color-coded so the, the mindset that we have as individuals feeding into the team is that if, if I were or if you were or if somebody were to win the lottery and take a trip to Fiji and not necessarily have internet access, could any one of us pick up where you left off mm -hmm. and keep the project moving forward? And that has been beautiful for when my team goes on vacation, you know, if one of my girls gets married and she takes a, a, a holiday for her honeymoon. So it's been very much ingrained in the team to yeah. ensure that all of this is documented for everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really it's also helpful if you forget what the heck you're doing and you have to go back and review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what sort of tips have you got for, working remotely with your team because you've already talked a bit about the structure of meetings and so on um you know a lot of people might be listening to to this podcast still in a time when we're now having to work remotely having not intended to what what sort of things do you do what things help what 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 hinders what what, what tips have you got for people well what i would say is is still get up and get dressed i i think that Working from your pajamas is great every once in a while, but get up, get dressed, put some makeup on if you're a female, you know, even if it's just some lipstick and some mascara so that you, you have that feeling of professionalism, you bring it to your deliverables. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the more people I've talked to, especially going through this, this new normal for individuals, um, I would say 85 to 90% of the people that I've polled just via social media uh, agree with that. So that's important. Secondly, is to stay on a healthy routine. If you normally go to bed at 9, 10, or 11 o'clock at night and wake up at 5, 6, 7, or later, then stay with that um, mm -hmm. as much as possible. I, you know, I would be a hypocrite if I said that I've been able to do that the entire time because I've stopped and taken a two or three hour nap in the middle of the day and therefore I'm up a lot later, but the productivity still needs to get done. And I would also say the beauty of working from home is that you can be flexible with your schedule. And, and I say this from a place of recent learning because I did come from a, state of corporate affairs where we had either I had a shift that I was working when I was in the restaurant as a general manager or I was checking in at seven in the morning and leaving at six o'clock at night when I was working in a cubicle to be able to give myself permission to go and get my nails done in the middle of the day or go and grab some groceries in the middle of the day. Um, I felt guilty at first, but I believe that that is one of the beautiful benefits of working from home. Yes. And you're not getting interrupted, like you were talking about your husband earlier. You're not getting interrupted by your colleagues stopping by to say hello. You're not getting interrupted to, you know, while you get up and go get some water and you're standing around the, the water cooler. So this gives you that ability to interact, but also I don't feel like you're losing any time because you're not 
having to deal with those other interruptions. So giving mm -hmm. yourself the grace to get out of the house, yes. even though you're supposed to be, you know, this air quotes, quote unquote, working is, mm -hmm. uh, is key. And I think that's quite hard to do when you change from a corporate situation into um, working from home. Not, oh, on, brainwashed. Not yourself, because I think, you you know, if you work for yourself, you give yourself permission. But uh, as I say, from my husband's point of view, I keep reminding him that it's his output, his performance that, that they will be noticing and measuring, not the fact that he's logged in at nine o'clock on the dot. And I'm wondering if this change of work environment just due to the pandemic is going to change quite a few businesses yeah. and the way they operate because I can tell you my team is more productive when they're not in the studio because we all enjoy each other's company. Yes. So when we're not in the studio together, we're not interrupting each other. They're getting more work done mm -hmm. by being at home. And if they're working in their pajamas, work in your pajamas. If you're, if you're getting up and getting dressed and all of that, it, I don't care. Like you yeah. said, it's just based on your output. Yes, yeah. It's funny. At lunchtime, we were talking about that. And I said, I said, Oh, for sure, you must be more productive here than you are at work. And he said, Oh, I don't think I am. And I said, Why not? And he said, Oh, because I keep wanting to go and ask questions of people. And you know, if I'm in the office, I get an immediate answer, whereas now I have to wait for them to reply to me. And I said, hmm. Okay, okay, you might not be more productive, but they will be because you're not <laughs> anymore. It's so true. It is so true. Yes. <laughs> Uh, at one point when I worked in the cubicle, I had a little lamp that I put on. And if I turned my light on, it was like, don't even look at me. Don't talk to me. Oh, don't brilliant. interrupt me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good bit of advice. Uh, although I think I might have told the story on the podcast many, many years ago. Um, my father-in-law, um, late father-in-law, uh, came round and I was recording a podcast. And I would put a notice on the door saying, you know, do not disturb. And we had a student staying with us. And I said to her, you know, whatever you do, don't let anyone interrupt me. And he, of course, went straight past her, straight through the door that said, do not disturb, and then started gesticulating at me. In fact, it wasn't a podcast. I was training <laughs> clients. So I was on a call with clients training their staff. And I had to say, oh, sorry, it's a bit hang on a minute. And I put them on, <laughs> on uh, hold, you know, on um, uh, stop the audio and said to him, yes, because I'm like, I have no idea what you're sign language means and he'd come around to see if I had a staple gun that he could borrow oh my goodness oh my goodness could that not have waited that is so funny yes and it's true what one person deems as highly important may not necessarily register the same for the rest of us <laughs> but at the time that's exactly what he needed oh that's funny staple gun is simply a priority was it at that moment of course for me <laughs> for him it was you're right it was absolutely a priority for him but there we go. I don't know. So um, learning and improving yourself. So you, you know, you're, you've developed from corporate into running a business. And as you say, you developed how you did that. And then you've naturally moved into helping other people. How do you sort of keep on top of what the latest thing is, if you like? Um, how do you keep yourself moving forward? Well, I'll have to tell you, I go, I've, I've discovered this about myself. I either go 99 miles an hour or, or more, or I just don't. So I go in cycles when I am just binging on reading business books and listening to business podcasts and, you know, signing up for courses. And it's just like, I'm fully intense in it. And then there's times where I just have to sit back and let everything that I just learned marinate and I can implement and, and take my time and not do any further studying. So 
to, to answer your question, I, I love reading um, different books that might be applicable to some of the areas that I don't um, feel my, my suit is the strongest. Um, that's not being outsourced, by the way. So I'm not like studying to become my bookkeeper or anything like that. But um, books, I love. I love audible.com so I can listen to the books while I'm in the car. I thoroughly enjoy podcasts because learning from, you know, conversations such as yours with your guests, they're, they're, they're beautiful because you get a fully honest, raw and unfiltered um, set of set of opinions or feedback or thoughts or, you know, just their, their, their way of doing things. And then I probably own more courses online than I have completely finished, but they have been very useful because sometimes I just go through and cherry pick what I need um, yeah. or what I think I need. Yeah. Um, and then I, I have befriended other interior designers, not only across the country, but across uh, the, the city of Dallas, because I believe that we are all we're not competitors. There's enough business for all of us. And we're all so unique that even if our aesthetic is similar, that our presentation and our personal energy is different, that clients are going to be attracted towards that. So yeah. with the other designers who are open to that, we share ideas and that has been such a breath of fresh air and so very welcome because otherwise it's just feels so isolated sometimes. Yes, yeah. Well, you must have made a, a sort of sea change in your local sort of community of designers, regardless of the sort of global sort of side of things, because of what you said at the beginning, that people didn't want to share, people didn't want to help you. And now you have a community of people who are helping each other. That's brilliant. Well, I, th I think part of it comes with my time in the industry and my credibility. And, and I hate to say that. I, I wish that I wish that somebody would have put their arms around me and gathered my um, and gathered me and helped me when I was still just a baby in the business. But now I think that it is more of a, Hey, she has the chops to see this through. She might be worth spending time with. And then we become friends and, and then it's much easier, but but getting that initial appointment, I believe, has come with my my lasting in the industry. Mm, mm. So, but I'm I'm hopeful that we're kicking the doors open and making and I'm encouraging my my students to do the same thing. Reach yeah. out in your community and make a connection with your other designers. Mm. And if they're not willing, then that's that's unfortunately that's their loss. But if you need somebody to refer to hanging wallpaper you can get a referral from another designer if you need you know some help or if you need to refer a client that's what I always tell the other designers that I'm reaching out to is like I'm not the solution for everybody and so yeah. if I'm not the right solution and I think you are because I know you then I'm happy to point this prospective client to you instead of being disappointed with me it, because I can sell them into just about anything but I might not be the right solution so selling them into my services is going to be a disappointment for all of us. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've always operated on, on that basis. In fact, I remember talking to somebody once who was, uh, it was when I was doing social media uh, marketing training and they wanted some help with, um, I think it was branding their, their company. And it's not something that I particularly 
specialised in. So I was referring them to someone else and somebody else across the room saying, you should go and talk to so-and-so over there. And she, she came back having met them. I, I went over and introduced them. And then she came back and she was saying to me, but they do social media too. And I said, yeah, I know. And she's going, well, why did you introduce me to them? And I was like, because I don't do branding. And that's the bit that you need some help with as well. And they can help you with that. And she said, yes, but I'm buying social media from you. I said, great. <laughs> Uh, she said but what, you know I could have bought it from them and I said well you could have done and that might have been the right thing to do but you know I'm pleased that you came back yeah, it's, <laughs> but, uh, it's the point and the point that you've just made <laughs> and it's so I think that one of the tenets we have is do the right thing so yeah. you know when it comes to interior design you know make the right choice for the design itself but also from a business standpoint is do the right thing and Ever since I've been in management, that's what I have told my teams is do the right thing and the money will come. Yes. That it's just when I was in corporate, it was more difficult because, you know, those above me were more focused on the bottom line than on doing the right thing for the people that we were, that we were servicing. So it's just uh, much easier to sleep at night when you know that you are taking care of your, of your clients. Yes. And your team. Absolutely. So just before we move into the last couple of questions, um, before we do these interviews, I ask my guests to provide me with some questions. One of the questions you've asked me, which I don't think we've um, we've covered, or we might have, just in different words, is you said to ask you, what's something most people don't believe about you? <laughs> oh, that I am just the proverbial introvert. Ah, yes, uh, you did. Yes. <laughs> yes. So if we, if I go to, um, I've been invited to speak at two different conferences this year. Um, one's at a national level and one's a little bit more local, but they're, they're definitely going to be taxing to my, to my introversion. And I just go back to my room at the end of the day or at the end of the night and literally almost lie in a fetal position and just enjoy the quiet. So while I can be extroverted as needed, uh, my myself needs that quiet alone time to fully recharge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. People um, have always said that I'm extrovert and I believe that I was for many years. It was only when I started to understand that the introversion extroversion thing is about where you get your energy from, as opposed to your personality and how noisy you are. I finally sort of yeah. realized that actually, as you say, introversion is, is the thing that, that I prefer. And, and in fact, is why, you know, I haven't viewed staying in the house for the next 12 weeks as being quite as traumatic as I might have done. <laughs> I <don't> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so a questions then. And firstly, what about on those days where it all goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with those? It's just when it all goes horribly wrong, I think... What I have learned is that in every situation, there's always something that you can find that's wrong, but you can always find something that's good or right within the situation. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I, I take a look at what went wrong and do my best to fall forward. So looking at what went wrong, was it my, did, did I have my hand in it? Is it something that I could have controlled? If I couldn't control it, Joe, th there's no use getting your, you know, getting all frustrated because there's nothing you could have done about it. So if mm -hmm. I could have controlled it, I look to see how could I have handled that better. If I can't control it, 
you just look at it and move on and see what you can do with the next day tomorrow. So going yeah. to bed understanding the situation, I think is very important than going to bed frustrated with the situation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I love that. Yeah. I love the bit about falling forwards as well. So uh, um, yeah, really, really good advice there. And um, the, the last one is about those days where you get to live more and that's where you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do they look like for you? <laughs> well, had you asked me a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> it would have been a little different. <laughs> um, but it, it, it comes back to the opportunity to uh, spend time with friends and family. Uh, the, yeah. the living more truly comes from the relationships that are developed. I've had the blessing of traveling Oh, relatively extensively. I'd like to spend some more time here in my own country versus traveling around the world. But as much experience as the travel has brought me, and when I was younger, I thought that that was going to be what fulfilled me. What eventually fulfills are those relationships where people know and love you with yeah. your, and I, when I say with your warts and all, you know, because none of us are perfect. None of us are pretty all the time. It's just, um, a chance to live more is by spending time with people who love you, um, people who will also tell you what you need to know, not necessarily what you want to know. Like there, there's, there's that difference of, <laughs> hey, tell me what I need to hear versus what I want to hear. Yes, um, yes. And, and those that expand you. So it might not be friends and family that you love, but those individuals who just kind of expand your mind and your thoughts and just mm -hmm. give you different perspective of what's possible. Mm, mm. I love that, that the concept of of people expanding you um I was just thinking I think maybe somewhere on the line I must have said that I wanted to stay in my own country for longer too yeah it's I think it comes with age <laughs> <Can't stop. laughs> well that now that I have a two-year-old the thought of hopping on an international flight just frightens me <laughs> yes well do you know that'll be another upside for the next few few months at home you'll have worked out how to deal with that 12 hours will seem like nothing <laughs> that's so true that's <laughs> so true we'll know the tips and tricks of what keeps her entertained yeah and always there's always an upside to everything <laughs> absolutely there is a yeah. silver lining yeah so thank you michelle it's been really interesting interviewing you and um, please let people know how they can connect with you and find out more about you Lovely. Thank you. So I have um, Instagram is generally my best platform because there's the stories and then there's, you know, the pretty pictures and just all the all the behind the scenes of both sides of my business. So Instagram as well as Facebook, uh, my handle is ML Interiors Group. And then same thing, Instagram and Facebook are also designed for the creative mind. So um, depending on what direction you're interested in, whether you're a design enthusiast or looking for, even if you're not an interior designer, the, the coaching and the curriculum and the course yeah. content is, is definitely still very useful for individuals who run their own business, coach other individuals, are being coached, um, or just have the idea of a business. It's mm -hmm. all, it all, it all circles together. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. Really appreciate your time. Oh, my goodness, Joe. It was such a pleasure. Thanks again. All this information is available in the show notes. If you just go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 158, you'll find them there. 
And this week, I just want to talk a little bit about working from home and what we're doing in these times. I was talking at a networking event this week, obviously online, and I did a presentation about the sorts of things that we need to be thinking about when we're working from home. And I think I've said this in a previous podcast, uh, and we're sort of, I don't know, eight weeks in now to sort of lockdown and whatever it's becoming as we sort of start to relax some of the uh, restrictions. And my overriding message really was firstly that working at home at the moment is not usual. Uh, even if you do it under normal circumstances, this is actually working from home in the middle of a crisis. So some people are homeschooling, some people are working at home and their partner's also at home. And normally there's only one of them there at the, the time and they're now taking up extra space and all that sort of thing. There's you know issues with internet bandwidth and, and all that sort of thing going on. So my overriding message was to remember that this isn't usual working from home. And whilst it's a good idea to think about all the usual things about your environment, your desk, your uh, breaks and moving around and not um, just sitting all day and all of that sort of stuff, I think the overriding message was to be kind to yourself. So if things aren't working, if you're getting stressed, if uh, it's not um, the day that you w expected it to be, you know, is there an opportunity to just stop doing what you're doing for half an hour, have a sit, have a read, have a coffee, have a, a break and a moment to really sort of regroup and spend a bit of time on your own, getting your sort of level stress levels back to normal. I had a day this week, I've got so much to do at the moment. Uh, it's got a bit out of hand. And I just had to sit down and calm myself down because I knew that I'd got too much going on and if I didn't do that I wouldn't be able to get through the remainder of the day and sort out the to-do list and uh, you know reduce it and all that sort of thing so uh, so do remember on the working from home front it's not normal times still and the overriding message is to be kind and we look forward to speaking to you next week if you're listening to this and you haven't been to my new networking session yet it's on a Monday afternoon from two till four o'clock British summer time. You can find out more about it and register at counterpointnetworking.co.uk. Uh, it's a very informal, chatty, friendly group of people. There'll be some learning and uh, this week coming as an example, one of the attendees is a photographer. She specializes in pet photography and she's offered to share a few tips with the rest of us as part of the session. But it's not a sort of training session or a presentation or anything uh, to any sort of great uh, uh, pressure on her hopefully <laughs> um, but just for, forms a part of our interesting discussion and relationship building and learning that we aim to do within the networking group so if you are feeling a bit isolated or if you fancy learning a bit about pet photography or if you want to learn about something else and come and talk to who's there and get some perspectives hints and tips from other people then please do check it out counterpoint networking .co.uk and hopefully uh, I'll get to see you at some stage at one of those meetings. They run every Monday at the moment. We'll see how things go as the lockdown eases. Again, the show notes of this week's show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 158 and we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more. 